Welcome to Love Notes from a Soul Coach, the podcast where we don't shy away from the difficult topics. We dive deep and explore what it means to genuinely, authentically heal. I'm your host, Mary, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's show. Hi there, friends. A question came up that I wanted to explore more deeply with you here on the show about the difference between the need to self-isolate and the need for solitude. This is a topic very dear to my heart because self-isolation is unfortunately my default mode when things are difficult or I'm struggling. It's a wound that I've been working with personally for a long, long time now. And I know there are many of us out there who can relate. It's not always instinctual to seek support or lean on other people when we're hurting. Some of us tend to section off instead. When we self-isolate in our pain, it's generally because we harbor a belief that says, I'm not acceptable in my pain. I should be by myself when I'm crying or angry or struggling. People only want to be around me when I'm happy or easy breezy or fun. Many of us grew up being sent to our rooms, being sent away as punishment when we were acting out. This happened a lot in my household as a kid. There was rarely any kind of meaningful conversation around why my sister and I were upset or fighting. Very little investigation of what's going on that's making you behave the way you're behaving. It was just go away until you can pull it together and behave the way you're supposed to. Go away and rearrange your feelings so the messy, difficult ones aren't spilling out anymore. Put a cork in the bottle. There's so much a child infers from these kinds of experiences, especially when they happen over and over again. The understanding becomes ingrained. I'm not supposed to have messy, difficult feelings. When I act out, which means when I express my messy, difficult feelings, I get in trouble. I become unacceptable. I have to go be by myself until I can shove it all down and act nice again. In other cases, a child might grow up with caregivers who have very short fuses, very low thresholds for being able to deal with the myriad complex feelings of the children they're looking after. Or they might be fragile themselves. They might broadcast a signal that says, I'm not even okay with my own feelings. I certainly can't take on yours. Different messages, but they have the same effect. The child feels unsafe sharing their struggles and learns to hold in and hold back what they're feeling instead. They don't get the witnessing and the reassurance, which are so essential for healing and for our mental health. They learn to keep it to themselves when they're hurting. Recent research around trauma makes the distinction now that part of how we classify trauma is that the person was left alone after the awful event to process it by themselves. Self-isolation is often connected to trauma and is considered a trauma response. Solitude, on the other hand, is connected to self-care. A healthy person who has a meaningful relationship with themselves doesn't mind their own company The need for solitude is coming 
more from a place of wanting to step away from the noise at times and connect with their own experience, their own feelings. For many of us, it's how we process. It's how we cultivate intimacy with ourselves and how we strengthen our own self-awareness or self-honesty. We need that time alone to belong to ourselves. And this is coming from a place of love. It's not about pushing people away. It's about advocating for time alone, which is healthy. So self-isolation is driven by pain and by the secret belief that we're not allowed to be seen when we're not okay. Solitude is driven by self-care and the desire to stay connected to ourselves. There's a lot of love and integrity in this. Friends, I would never interrupt our time together unless there was something legitimately important to share, and this definitely qualifies. Did you know that your conscious mind is only steering the ship 5% of the time? That's right, 5%. That means 95% of the time we're operating out of our subconscious minds. And this is what makes healing so challenging for us. We have to access that deeper subconscious mind if we want to reprogram our negative limiting beliefs and live more empowered, joyful lives. So how do we do this? We do it through affirmation work. Affirmation work is one of the most powerful ways to accelerate your healing and take your life to the next level. I've been engaged with this work passionately for over a decade now. And it's my great pleasure to be able to share it with you. So if you head over to my website, marywelch.com, and visit the meditation section, you can choose between nine different guided meditations, each based on a specific pain point, like the desire to release difficult feelings or toxic relationships, or generate more wealth or self-love in your life. Each meditation is a collection of positive affirmations recorded with corresponding solfeggio hertz frequencies to optimize your listening experience and open your heart and mind to receive these messages and begin integrating them into your subconscious mind where they can replace your negative beliefs over time. It is my deep joy to share this work with you. I hope you'll experience great healing from this offering. Head on over to marywelch.com when you get a chance and check it out. After the Buddha got up from the Bodhi tree and was enlightened, it's said that he struggled with what to do with the wisdom he'd attained. Should he share it? Should he just keep it to himself? He met some monks in the forest and they basically challenged him like, Okay, so you're enlightened. Mm-hmm. Why should we believe you? Says who? And the Buddha pointed to the earth and said, the earth is my witness. This is called the earth mudra. You may have seen statues of the Buddha where one hand is positioned down toward the ground. His point was the earth is my witness and that's enough. This is a powerful teaching and reminder for those of us who have a painful deficit of witnessing in our lives, but also feel unsafe being witnessed. It can be a conundrum. I need witnessing in order to heal my trauma, but my trauma has left me feeling unsafe with others. Sometimes we forget that we can get our witnessing in other ways than an interpersonal connection. To walk outside, to press your feet against the earth, even if you live in a city, and the earth you're pressing your feet against is covered in cement. 
It doesn't matter. Just feel the capacity of the ground beneath you to hold, to absorb, to rebirth, to endure, to witness. You belong to this system. This is your home. This is where you come from. It's strong enough to hold you, to hold your weight, to hold you as you release and express the anger, the rage, the heartbreak, the deep sadness, whatever it is, whatever it is that hasn't felt acceptable to set loose in front of another. Give it to the earth. Let her transmute it with you. This is also why living with a pet is so incredibly healing. We get the witnessing, the connection, the touch, the reassurance that we're still lovable, even when we're going through the process of digesting and expressing really hard, intolerable feelings. So these are great options for healing if you're someone who sections off and struggles to connect or let yourself be seen when you're in pain. Remember that the earth is holding you and loving you. Put your forehead to the forehead of your cat or dog or any animal friend in your life. I've been known to pull over when passing a farm and visit with the cows and the sheep. See if you can make eye contact with an animal. Let them look deeply into your depths with their incredible compassion. Feel how worthy you are to receive that love. Feel how it restores a sense of dignity and peace in you. When we release the shame around all of this, we can enjoy our solitude in a whole new way. It doesn't need to be punishing or negative. It can be restorative and beautiful and supportive to our relationship with ourselves. It can fill our cup and leave us with more to give. Thanks for spending the time with me today. And if you heard something that resonated, please consider liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast so it can find its way to other ears out there. To learn more about my work and my latest offerings, visit me at marywelch.com or on Instagram at marywelchofficial. Till next time, friends.